when I accidentally got into cosplay. How'd you accidentally get into cosplay? Because it was cosplay. an accident. Um, so I didn't know cosplay existed, and I just saw cool outfits that people on the internet wore and people in video games wore and people in movies wore. And I thought, well, I want to look like that because I want to wear weird clothes. And the only way to do that is to make it yourself. <clears throat> so I made myself weird clothes. And then there was a convention coming up in our area that's really small. And I was like, oh, I've heard of those things. That's like Comic-Con that they do in California. And like people wear superhero costumes. Like, But my, my outfit's not that cool. It's just from a video game that no one knows. Um, but I wore it anyway. And people were like, oh, my gosh, your costume looks so great. Did you make it? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like my grandma helped me sew it and I covered it in fake blood. Um, <laughs> and now it looks like this. And then I was talking to a photographer there and he was like, oh, my gosh, your outfit's so great. If you made it all yourself, you should enter the cosplay contest. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, you just like go on stage and then you can like win prizes if you like have the best costume. And I was like, OK, I don't know what that sounds interesting. So I go to like pre-judging where they look at your costume and they, you know, you tell them how you made it and everything about it. And then um, we go to the stage portion and the way they have us lined up is we're like in a hallway and we can't actually see the stage. So I just like can hear the people on stage. And so I'm like asking the people in line, what, what do we do? Like, what, what is the stage <laughs> portion? Like, what am, and they're like, oh, you just go out on stage and just like, you know, like, and you know what? I've never done this. And they're like, well, you just like, you know, act like your character. I'm like, I'm, I'm acting now, like I'm doing a stage performance. And so I see the person before me do their stage thing. And I was like, oh, no, um, I have to look. OK. So then I walked on stage and was super embarrassed. And I took my big weapon I had and I waved it at the in the face <laughs> of the guy who was the judge because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And it was awful. Luckily, no one knew me, but then I found out later people from my church were there and they definitely <laughs> saw me and it was very embarrassing. Um, and then I won the whole contest. Wow. And was like, they were calling out like, oh, third place, this guy. I was like, oh man, he was so good. And like, second place, this guy. And I was like, oh man, I don't even know who else at this place is better than him. And then first place, Camber. And I was like, oh gosh, I feel like I tricked these people into liking me because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And I went on stage and I got like a hundred bucks and some foam that I used to make a future costume. And then I became obsessed with making costumes and being a weirdo. But it was definitely like I just tripped into it. Wow. So can and you fashion weird. metal for your costumes? You can. I have done oh, it a little you, bit. Can you is my question. I've done it a little bit. I've wanted to make a whole arm gauntlet out of metal mm. um, instead of making it out of foam because I thought that would be cooler. But then I haven't ever gotten around. I patterned it all out and made it all out of foam to like get an idea of how I wanted to make it out of metal. Okay, so I need I a full Mandalorian costume. No. <laughs> you know how many people have asked me to 3D print them a whole Mandalorian costume and I told them, do you have $3,000? No, then leave. I don't want to 3D print it. I want it metal. Well, okay. Made of Veskar. $15,000. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know anything about the Star Wars, so I don't. The Star oh, Wars. Sorry. That, you are shunned the rest that, of the episode. That brings me no interest <laughs> I don't like making costumes for other people. That's that is the real ticker. Only, the real only for myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much work to make things fit other people. I don't know how other people's shapes work. I only know how my own shape works. <laughs> and I barely know how that works. <laughs> That's awesome.
Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jeff Keck. And I'm Jess Kirchmeyer, and we're here today with my sister-in-law, Camber. Hey, Camber. What up? Um, Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, My name is Camber, as was previously stated. Um, I'm 26 years old. I'm uh, super single. Uh, I have the gift of celibacy, as some people would say. (laughs) Um, I currently am a 3D model CAD designer. I prototype race car parts and 3D print um, and do graphic design, and everything else that I'm told to do as a job. Jack of some trades. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this uh, podcast is all about people sharing their testimonies in Christ. So tell us uh, in your life, um, how did you come to know who Jesus is? Uh, what was life like for you before that? And then how has the Lord kind of changed your life since? So I grew up in a Christian household. Um, my parents were Christians or are Christians. Um, my whole family are Christians. And so I grew up... Um, in church uh, every Sunday, every Wednesday. I went to uh, children's events, sang in the choir of the children, um, did youth events, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was super heavily involved. And I, quote unquote, you know, got saved at Camp Thurman, which is like a day Christian camp that's in this area. Um, And I remember like coming home and telling my parents, I got saved today. And they were like, okay. Because I mean, (laughs) I was like, I don't know, eight, maybe. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it meant. They just said, hey, do you want to go to heaven one day when you die? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) So I was saved in the sense that I gained that part of the salvation of like wanting to go to heaven, but not the part of the salvation of like changing your life to live for Christ. Um, So that came a few years later, listening to um, the preacher talk in big church. I don't even remember what he was talking about, but I remember feeling like I needed to get up and go down to the front and say, hey, I really want to do this salvation thing. I really want to understand what that means because I don't think I've really grasped it as a child, um, even though I was still a child. Um, And so whether that was better salvation or actual, I don't know. I don't know how it all works out, but I'm definitely definitely (laughs) saved. Um, (laughs) It's it's all a process. Um, And I definitely like became more interested in Christ as I got older, as I understood more. Um, Like I went through a period in junior high where I was too cool for God and I didn't really care and I just wanted to do whatever I wanted. Um, But then once I got into high school, I was like, no, no, God's definitely way better off than whatever I'm doing. So I definitely want to commit like more fully to that. And I was like really involved in the youth group um, and doing all those kind of things. And then when I got out of high school, uh, I knew like I felt really called to work with youth kids. Um, I'm not a big kid person. I don't really like children, um, (laughs) hanging out with children, but I felt like God was really calling me to stick around with the youth group. Um, because when I was in the youth, I felt like there weren't older female role model people that were like me. Um, I don't know how to describe that better. Uh, I feel I'm a very weird person. I'm a very different person. I have, um, I, I know this is going to come up in other stuff, um, that I feel like in the church and with women, especially we're really pressured into the idea of like finding a husband and getting married and Mm. 
being a stay-at-home wife and doing all those kind of things, and none of that ever interested me. And so when we would have, like, D-Nows and all the girls would be talking to us about, like, dating and all this stuff, I'm like, I'm just not really interested in that. And so this doesn't really, I feel like this doesn't apply to me. And so when I got into college, I was like, you know, what if there's other girls who also are feeling like that and feel like mm-hmm. they don't want to be a part of this marriage system and this, like, being obsessed with dating and obsession with, um, you know, creating a family and all this stuff. And what if there's other people out there like that who need someone to, I didn't have anyone to talk to about stuff like that when I was that age. And so I was like, I think that's what I need to stick around for with these youth kids is to like befriend the weirdos, befriend the outsiders, the ones that were like me, um, that didn't have a lot of friends and they didn't fit into like the main, um, path <laughs> the, the whatever i don't know what i'm trying I'm using my hands a lot in the audio medium um, <laughs> and uh so that was my like i felt like i really wanted to stick around and quote unquote mentor i'm not i'm not very good yeah. at that and then jess came along and she did a much better job oh, mentoring gosh. the youth than i did <laughs> whatever <laughs> you were like the christian mentor and i was just like the cool fun like <laughs> it's okay to be yourself mentor i think is what it ended up being um but you know it worked out <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Well, we tag team with the with the duo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're the normal one and I'm the weird one. So you said it was a couple years after eight that you finally got pressured, not pressured, but you finally went up and accepted Christ. So you, was it 10 or so? Yeah, or? It was, yeah, it was around 10. I remember okay, so I got then, like the, you're a Christian now booklet to like help <laughs> to fill out. To remember. Yeah, it was about that time. Okay, so then you also said that in junior high, though, it was not as important to you to follow Christ. Yeah, there was definitely, um, I think it was a lot of factors all coming together. When I was in junior high, I um, went to a different like school district. And so I like lost all of my friends that I had in elementary mm-hmm. school. Um, and so going into junior high, I was a weird kid and I was like an art kid. And so I hung out with all the other art kids and they were all like really bad kids. Um, and I was like, well, I want to be cool like them. And I want to be, I was like, getting into being like a goth like scene kid Mm. who uh hung out with the other kids like that and they were all like doing drugs i don't think they were they were like in seventh grade were they really doing that or were they just acting like that i don't know um i was gullible and so i just not that i did any of that stuff i just hung out with those kids at school in the courtyard um and so i definitely was like gave into the peer pressure of being like a cool kid and um cool kids weren't christians and i feel there were some we had a Christian group on campus that met on some weekly morning, I think. And I remember like meeting up with some of those kids and being like, oh, these losers, they're like really committed to this God thing. <laughs> um, and I feel really bad about that now because I, but then I got into high school and I became friends with these kids and I was like, yeah, yeah. I was kind of a, I was kind of a turd. Do you remember what it was in high, high school that kind of <laughs> brought you back? Was anything particular, any person or? Because I mean, when you're when you become a Christian at a young age, Satan wants to attack. Yeah, and so that the rebellious part of people just kind of comes out shortly after that, anyway. But at some point, when when people come back, you know, what was it that brought you back? Uh, I hadn't. I honestly hadn't thought about this, and now that you said it, I feel like the obvious answer is my brother. Mm. Um, when I was a freshman in high school, he was a senior, and so I remember, like, you know, he. Prior to then, we we were friends. Um, we had always been friends, but we were. He was still like, ah, oh, this is my younger. I'm three years younger, so he's like, oh, this is my younger sister. She's, you know, I don't want her to hang out with me and my friends. Um, but when I got into high school, he really like 
took me under his wing and let me sit with him and his friends at lunch and eat with them. And that's when I became like really good friends with his friends. And they were all also the kids in the youth group. Mm. Um, and so I became friends with like all the senior guys in the youth group. Um, and that like really tied me back into the church. And I was, he was like allowing me to do all of these things with him. He was taking me to all the events and he was driving me around and we kind of became like really, I guess, extra close during that time. And so he was really the driving force, I think, to get me back on the straight and narrow, I say in air quotes, <laughs> as I was such a rebellious teenager wearing my zebra print skinny jeans. <laughs> what a heathen I was. Uh, oh, man. So, okay. Um, zebra skinny jeans. Great transition. I, I wish I still had those, man. I know. I think, you mentioned I think them about them all the time. They were hot pink and blue. I never got to see them. <sighs> I really wish I had those again. I would wear those again. <laughs> But I have had the privilege of seeing your bedroom because we live <laughs> together. And so if I'm sorry <laughs> to anyone who's seen it. So if anyone for this, you know, everyone listening, if, if you were to walk into Cameron's room and look around, you would see like a million different hobbies um, and a million different interests. But um, the biggest one that sticks out, like you mentioned earlier, was cosplay. And so um, just talk about how did you get into that and what has God done through that? Um, I mean, I know you mentioned how you got into it, but what has God done in that? Yeah, so... Um, and start by saying what cosplay means. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Just give us a good definition. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, cosplay, it's a... Um, I was going to say acronym, but that would not be the correct English term for that. Two words, two, two words yeah. combined together. Um, contraction, but without the apostrophe. Um, it, Aren't you an English person? Shouldn't I, you know the I know, word I for this? I know. I feel like this is a thing I should know. I'm so sorry. I'm failing on my fake English degree I don't have. Um, it stands for costume play. That was like the original... Um, definition of how it was brought together it was um originally done a very long time ago by a woman at the world fair in like the 40s she mm. dressed up as a character from like a sci-fi novel she loved and that was technically the origins of cosplay um well, what's the difference between that and halloween um cosplay is like halloween on steroids <laughs> <laughs> so um it, it is literally just putting on costumes it can be as simple as that um it's usually done at conventions which are mm. just big buildings where people nerds get together and they sell stuff or uh meet famous people from movies and video games and stuff and then they dress up like those characters and you get to like meet the people who created the thing that you're dressed up from yeah. and these things you really like um a large portion of cosplayers make all their own costumes you do have people who buy or thrift or i mean all cosplay is for everyone all cosplay is cosplay regardless of whether you make it or buy it or whatever um i like to make my costumes because i think making the costume is half of the Half of the fun is um, deciding that you are an entire um, like movie crew studio. You're going to do hair. You're going to do makeup. You're going to make the props. You're going to sew. You're going to do photography. You're going to do literally all of these things to make one costume. And it's so much work. And it sounds really <laughs> lame when you talk about it, but it's actually really fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, I accidentally got into it. And then when I decided I wanted to keep making it, I was um, it was just me and I was making costumes and going to conventions. Um, and I was like a very awkward human being. I still am an awkward human being now. Um, but I was not super confident in what I was doing. And my first few costumes are not really that great as nobody's first foray into anything is good. Um, but then eventually I met a group of cosplayers. We all um, met at the Renaissance Fair in this area. Um, they were like, hey, we're all going to go to the Ren Fair dressed as this thing. And I was like, oh, I have a costume for that thing. I'll just show up and meet all these strangers. Like on social media? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was like on like a Facebook group. And I was like, sure. 
Um, so I showed up and then it like poured rain and it was freezing. It was a terrible day. We also we trauma bonded together as we were all just like in weird costumes and it's like people are in full body paint and they're trying to we're trying to hide them from the rain so their body paint doesn't melt. Um, and that's when I met my like group of friends that I still cosplay with now. That was three years ago. I think that I think this was the third year that we've gone to Scarborough together um, to the Ren Fair. And so after I met this group then I was like rejuvenated to want to keep cosplaying because now I have a group of friends and we all dress up from the same stuff um, and everything looks cooler when you have like five people dressed up from the same <laughs> thing and not just one person yeah. being a weirdo um, and so so now that I'm like so this is my first real true group of friends I have that are not from the church um, up until this point pretty much every friend I've ever had of actual closeness um, has been like through the youth group or through the church. And so this is now a group of people that I've met that I've gotten really close with and none of them are Christians. Um, and not, all, not only are they not Christians, some of them are very anti-Christian people who grew up in the church and were, um, you know, betrayed by the church, whatever word you want to use. Um, and they left the church and left God and left everything. Um, and so it's been really interesting to get to have these conversations with them about um, what's happened to them in their past or how they're just not interested or how, you know, the church did this thing to me. And so obviously Christians are a bunch of hypocrites and a bunch of, you know, terrible people. And so I don't want to be involved. Um, and it's really sad. <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been interesting because we'll have conversations and we'll talk about things and they'll say things like, well, you're just, you know, the first Christian I've ever met who I feel like really lives out their faith. Mm. And that doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel bad yeah. to know that like as a whole as christians we're doing that bad of a job mm -hmm. um and especially with a lot of this group um they would classify themselves into like the lgbt community and so they feel like the church has just like done a terrible I, I feel like the church has done a terrible job with them um and the way that we have handled handled it as a situation and the way that we have handled some of these people um i hear their stories and the way that they were kicked out and the way that they were hated upon and all these things um and I, it makes me feel terrible. And I, for a long time, when they would tell me these stories about um, what the church has done to them and all these things, it, in my brain, I would go, oh, that's just some people. That's just some church. You're just, you were just at a bad church or you just were in a, in a bad group of people. But then I just keep hearing these stories over and over again. I'm like, maybe it's not just one church or one Christian. Maybe like just as a whole, we haven't done a very good job. And I don't know exactly what all the solutions are to that problem. Um other than to just love on them and use that to help win them over? No, no, I think you're on track, though. I mean, to love on them, and that's that's what Jesus tells us to do, is love one another, you know, whether it's your friend or your enemy, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no, I think that's the answer. Um, but that's what discipleship's all about, too, is not just, hey, here's what Christianity is all about. Here's who Jesus is. It's not so much that as much as it is, here, follow me. Here, I'm going to show you this is how we do things. Yeah. And you're right. And I think believers as a whole, as a whole on a day-to-day -day basis, probably don't live that out like we probably should. Yeah. Um, because we've all, I, I don't know, I think society's become hermits a little bit. Oh, definitely. Kinda, yeah. We're definitely introverts these days. And, and, you know, I can have a conversation with you on the phone without ever having to see you, you know? So I think the, the discipleship problem, I think is really hard um, right now. It's something that we need to spend time on and focus on, but just living your life like you're doing, not intentionally spreading the gospel, but showing it um, mm -hmm. is definitely an effective way. Yeah. And it's, this makes me sound like a terrible person, but it's interesting because I'm not a very 
caring person. I don't have, I'm not like a motherly person. I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of emotions. Um, and now that I have this group of friends that I know are all unsaved, it, it's really hard. Yeah. Like I actually care about these people and about their, uh, eternal salvation and how they don't have it and all of that. So it's like, it's interesting. Like it's, it's correct. Like we should, we should, we should feel that way about Probably, I should probably feel that way more than I do currently. <laughs> yeah. um, but I have a very small like capacity for that. And I have the group I have now. And I feel like I can't, um, as I tell people, I'm only allowed five friends because that's how many mm. fingers I have on my hand. I can't physically care about any more people than that. Um, <laughs> I just don't have the capacity for it. So until someone moves away and I can replace uh, someone on the, on the hand of five. You have a waiting list on the other Yeah, I have, a, I have a waiting <laughs> list of people who are allowed to be my friend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I've really... I've really committed now. This, I guess, this is my my new calling, quote unquote, is to really commit to this uh, community of people that I f- that are we're all weird and we're all different, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like it's uh, in the church we are really good at being like, you have to be one way, and that Christianity looks like one thing, but it mm. doesn't have to. It's not anti-biblical to be weird, <laughs> um, and so I feel like now. I'm the kind of person who can integrate myself into that, into that world, and hopefully do some good. And I try to do my best, at, you know, well, being that, the light of God to these people, to yeah. everybody. And that's what's cool too is like that you have, because um, I was gonna say foreign territory. I feel like is where some of that church hurt probably comes from. Is like, gosh, I don't know anything about it, so I'm sure the way that I speak and handle things probably comes across in poorly or comes Mm -hmm. across hurtful because I just, I'm just ignorant to certain things. And so, yeah, being involved and like having them as friends with having multiple interests together, like you have multiple things to bond over and be friends over. And that, and then that's just another part of, yeah, of you being able to share and show the love of Christ just, but you're also, like you said, you're also a weirdo and Mm -hmm. like those can be together. Yeah. And I, I feel like I mentioned this to someone, uh, the other day, but I don't remember who, that um, like prior to having these friends, I I spoke about these things differently than I speak about them now with like out of ignorance. Yeah. Um, and like the like the th- the way you would say things and the things you would say and the negativity you would have towards things. Um, it feels like oh, it doesn't matter because like I don't know any of these people. I'm not saying it directly to any of their faces. But then you like hang out with these people and you become friends with them and you're like, well. Like, I understand now. Like, I understand where they're coming from. I understand their hurt. I understand what they're going through. And, like, I know how to, I guess I know how to better minister to them now. Yeah, yeah. Because I am more knowledgeable about those things. So, uh, like I mentioned before about uh, a lot of them having, like, church trauma in their past or church, you know, treating them incorrectly. Um, when I first heard a lot of those stories, I was like, I don't know if I, how much I really believe this. Churches aren't really doing this kind of stuff, are they? Um, but then I experienced uh, my own church discipline at my former church where pretty much what I heard in my head was finding a husband is more important than serving the Lord. Um, and that like, why do I feel like I'm gonna cry? Um, it destroyed me um, as a Christian. And so, I really became like anti-marriage, anti-dating, all of this stuff. I felt like um, the church was in the wrong in the sense that we're forcing people down this marriage pipeline, and that's the that's what's the most important to people. Um, which 
I get people who want marriage. That's the only, it's the only thing they can see. They see marriage and they feel like everyone deserves that because it's what makes them happy. But if it's not what you want to do, then it doesn't make you happy. So why are we forcing that on other people? Um, and so that was my like a, I don't know, animosity towards the church as a whole and towards the people in leadership at the church. Um, but through all of that, I, I knew that it was not God doing that to me. And what I was going through was not like, I was not being anti-biblical for wanting to just not be in a dating relationship. Um, and so it did take me like probably like a solid year to, to like get back around to being, um, solid with all that stuff. And that was, and yeah, I had, I had really just decided that, you know, no more marriage, marriage is stupid. Um, and I was definitely like putting God in a box and saying that like, God's created this thing, but I don't care because I'm upset with the way that we've presented it to people. Now that I have that, like in my past, I see where they're coming from and I fully believe and I fully understand everything that they're saying. And I feel like now I have a, uh, an in when we're talking about those kind of things when they're like oh well, the church did x y and z to me and it's like oh you know what the church did x y and z to me it wasn't god who did those things to you it was the church who did those things to you it was a group of fallible people um that are definitely gonna mess up all the time um it was it was that that it was those people who did that to you and not god so even though you have that in your past it's you can look past that and look to God yeah. because he's He's the perfect one. He's the one that's not going to do those things to you. Okay, so you've mentioned singleness a couple of times now. Would you expand a little more on what that means to you and how God has guided you throughout that journey? So um, growing up, I was definitely like super tomboy, super not interested in dating guys, loved hanging out with guys, loved having guy friends, and I had a ton of guy friends, um, but I was never interested in anything past just like, hanging out. Um, and I would just constantly like pass it off as like, ah, I just, I'm just not into it yet. Mm -hmm. Like one day, maybe, ah, just maybe not yet. Maybe. Not. And eventually, you know, you get into like high school and you're like, I'm just not interested yet. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Like this is high school. Everybody's interested in this stuff. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. I'm just not into it. Um, and then it was just, you know, it's just like constant questions of people being like, when are you going to start dating someone or all this? And eventually I did. Um, when I was like a senior in high school, I finally had my first boyfriend, but I, I didn't, I feel like I was only doing it because that's what society was telling me to do. I was never, I was still never really interested in it. And I, and in my life going through all of these, um, like realizations about singleness, uh, it's all very much like, I understand it more now. <laughs> I didn't understand any of this. I had no, none of this, like, context in my own mind while I was going through it. I was very much just like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I would, e eventually I grasped that I think part of my problem with dating is the whole point of dating is marriage. And I had a, uh, a problem with marriage. And the fact is that you have to have sex when you get married to your spouse. <laughs> and I was never interested in that. And so I would, um, I kind of had this thought in my mind of like, I don't, I like I don't I'm not against marriage like I'm I'm not against like having a partner but I am against all of that part of the mm. marriage and then you would 
hear about, you know, sex in the church and it was either like, don't do it. Or it was like, it's amazing, but only in marriage. And it's like, yeah, but what if I just don't want to? Um, <laughs> what if it's not amazing? Like, what if I what if I don't? And then when I finally like started admitting that to people, because for a long time, I did not admit that out loud um, because it you feel like you're a broken person mm. when you're not interested in that because that's what everybody's interested in. And you're like the only person in the world who's not interested in it. And so you're like, well, obviously something's wrong with me. Um, so I'm just never going to bring it up. And eventually when you start dating, you have to bring it up eventually. Um, and so I started finally admitting that out loud to people. And um, the reviews were very negative. <laughs> um, the review, it was very much like, well, you're going to have to when you get married. I'm like, well, that's the only option. You just have to get married and then you have to have sex. Like, what, if, what <laughs> is there a third option where you don't have to do that? Um, and so it just like, it continued the, like, the crisis of people telling you, like, when are you going to date? Well, what if I don't want to? Well, you have to. Well, you have to do these things. And so I eventually became, like, very opposed to marriage and the idea of dating. Um, and this has been, like, a roller coaster for many, many years of, like, I think I'm okay with this. Maybe I'm not okay with this. Maybe I'll date someone that worked out really badly. Um, and then fast forward to meeting my cosplay friends, and I'm having this conversation with them about, like, yeah, I'm just not into sex. Yeah, I'm just not into dating. And they were like, oh, that's super normal. You know, they actually have a word for this. It's called being asexual. It's in the LGBT spectrum. It's this whole thing. And I, for the first time in my entire life, heard people say that, like, no, this thing is perfectly normal. And it just, like, blew my mind that I had spent, you know, 26 years in the church and not a single person had ever told me that it was okay to want to be single and it was okay to want to live that life. Um, and it really like, it made me understand why people in that community find so much like community because um, they're feeling like they're being told for the first time that how they're feeling is okay. Hmm. Um, and which I will say, I do not identify as asexual. I do not hmm. identify as this part of the spectrum because I don't want to identify as anything that isn't Christ-like, yeah. yeah. um, and not wanting to have sex is not anti-biblical. It actually is very um, upfront in the text that it's perfectly fine to do this. You actually have a lot more time for God because you're not worried about all these other things, um, which is very true. I feel like I have ample time to go to church eight nights a week because I'm not trying to court anyone. Um, and so, um, so now I I feel like I'm back to a part. I've gone up and down the roller coaster, probably done a couple of loop-de-loops in there. And now I feel like I'm back to the part of being okay with this. I'm perfectly fine being single. I love being single. But I'm also not opposed to what God might have for me in the future. Um, if God wants to bequeath upon me a husband, um, I guess I will figure that out. <laughs> and just being more open and honest about these conversations about singleness and about uh, celibacy and all that kind of stuff and letting people know that it's okay to feel that way and there's nothing wrong with it. And also we should really tone down this idea of this marriage pipeline and telling people, um, especially young women, that that's like their only option. Mm -hmm. um, and we're really, I feel like in the church we and really just in society in general, we don't have the ability to like recognize platonic relationships or um, that everything has to be like this romance-driven thing 
because that's what all of society is. You know, sex sells. That's the whole idea. Um, and we just, it's, the older I've gotten, the more, now that I have more um, hindsight and more understanding into all these things, it, I'm like, man, it really is that way. Like, it really, we really just can't physically understand that, like, two people can just be friends and it's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. um, and people aren't broken if they don't want that. And there's nothing wrong with people who don't want that. It's not like something is missing from their life. It's not like, oh, you're, I, you know, I hear people say like, oh, your life isn't complete until you have kids. Mm -hmm. It's like, says who? Says you, someone whose life wasn't complete without kids? Maybe that applied to you. Maybe your life is great and awesome because that's what you have now, but not everyone, Right. you know? And that's something that I know has taken a, my parents a long time to <laughs> get around. I feel like I've finally um, convinced them that I'm not just a weirdo. Well, no, that I am just a weirdo, but that I'm not. <laughs> You're not a broken weirdo. I'm not a broken weirdo. <laughs> finally have convinced them that, no, I think this is just the way it's going to be. Like, I don't think I'm still too young to understand or I just haven't grown up enough into it. I, I, I think it's it's not that. And we should stop saying that to people. We should stop telling people that, you know, one day they'll they'll want that or one day they'll um, – they'll become old enough and they'll start having hormones and they'll start wanting all these things. I don't know. Um, it's kind of like how you don't ask couples when they're going to have a baby because you don't know what's going on in their life. You just mm. shouldn't ask single people when they're going to get a husband because yeah. maybe they don't want it and are tired of people asking them for the last 26 years of their life. Yeah. So do you feel like that that's, do you feel like that's a God thing? The God, God has set that in your heart to set you apart for more of what he needs you to do. I feel like it sounds scary to say yes to that. <laughs> like, oh no, God's given me a superpower of <laughs> being single. Um, I mean, because you wouldn't I mean, be the I first mean, person that's ever happened. Well, yeah, to, you and, know, and, or... and obviously, all things about like it's obviously all God because God did all of those things. Yeah. But well, I feel like it carries like. It also carries a responsibility with it. Like getting married, okay, you know, the Bible says like, okay, like wife, here's your responsibility as a wife. And this is going to show people the church and God. Like, but singleness saying that it would be the same. Like this also carries this, like, okay, I do have this time and I do have these abilities and these things. Like, so therefore God can use that. Like, I feel like they both come with, so you're saying like, it's scary to say that, but like at the same time, I feel like either way, it's, yeah. it comes with that. No, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, it. Yeah, I feel like you would then have – I guess, like, gosh. I guess, like, what? She's a hand talker. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took yours as a sign language. I'm just I, – I really like using my hands. I'm sorry the audience doesn't get to witness me flailing. Um, yeah, like, the whole, like, responsibility. Like, when you have kids, you have, like, the responsibility of, like, raising them up in the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and in marriage, the responsibility of, I don't know, being married. I, I don't think about it too much. <laughs> I ignore all those parts in the Bible. Um yeah, I, I guess singleness has the, like, requirement of using your free time for the Lord. <laughs> the time that I could be dating, I should be uh, using it for Christ. But, I mean, I, I don't—I think you're on the right track, too. It's 100 percent whatever God has set apart for you, but you're right. Ten years down the road, he may change your heart completely yeah. on all that stuff. So Yeah, yeah I feel like I've definitely had times when— I was like, no, never, or yes, definitely. Oh, I know. I was, um, I was and, in conversation and, and with you. Jess lived through all of those with me. I was like, Camber, I think I told you, like, you are putting a box on that. Yeah. What are you doing? For sure. 
Cameron um, and I have had a lot of hard conversations together. <laughs> and honestly, living with you has been great because these conversations, like you've said, like have helped me to understand as someone who is married and enjoys marriage, like being, I don't know, being able to understand like where, like I've had a lot of same, going back to the same thing, like we're talking about the LGBT, like just a lot of ignorance towards something that I don't, I don't have that same ideas on. So therefore, like I don't understand or I don't think about it or whatever. So yeah, our conversations have been good because it's been able to help me understand that. Yeah. And I feel like I've had that conversation with a lot of people. Like I bring it up and they're like, mm, and I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's real. It's true. What I'm saying is, is legit. I know that you can't see that because that's not something you experience. Mm-hmm. It's hard to put yourself in the shoes of something that's like the complete opposite of how you feel. Yeah. Um, I remember one of our conversations in the car. Yeah. We would, I, I'm pretty sure I hurt your feelings quite a bit in that conversation. Cause I was very much just like, I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that I have friends that aren't Christians, they're more willing to talk about things in the open. I feel like as Christians, we're all like, we're not going to talk about these things because it's not right to talk about. Um, And now that I have non-Christian friends and we're all open books, because I'm definitely, I will admit any of my flaws to any person. I will tell anybody anything. Um, We all have these conversations. I've learned so much about things that I didn't want to know about. Yeah. But at least I'm glad that we're, we should be more open about that kind of stuff in Christian circles too. We should not be embarrassed to talk about things even though i'm embarrassed to talk about them because i don't want to participate um well no i think you're absolutely right on that i mean fellowship is the key you know um to lifting each other up as believers and if you're in a church like this one i you know i enjoy lake church because at lake church it's like a hospital church right people are actually hurting and they're willing to talk about it Mm. Um, not like some other churches i've been to in the past where you go to church just to let your face be seen that sunday and that's it. We don't actually get into any conversation about anything. Um, so, no, I think you're right on track with that. Okay, well, let's keep talking in a game. Okay. Let's have some fun. Um, we're going to play this or that. So I'm going to put two options before you, and you're going to choose this or that. And Jeff's going to join you in playing and giving y'all a chance to am shout allowed, your opinions. Am I, allowed to I choose that more than this most of the time. I was going to say, can I ask follow-up questions? <laughs> <laughs> if I need clarification. Oh, I yes. feel like you, you know who, you know how I am. I know. I'm so logical. I already, I already I never, thought about that's it. That's what I never mentioned is all my logical stuff is anyway. We can keep talking. I forgot I wrote Pascal's wager down on this piece of paper. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with talking about Pascal's wager. <laughs> okay. It was, it was biblical related though. We'll start easy. Arctic or desert? I feel like I'm really skinny. I'd be bad at surviving in both. Is there water in the desert? It's a desert. But Am I near the oasis? <laughs> I mean, desert, yes, because cold is just bad. But am, I, am I just living there full time, or am I, like, waiting to get rescued? All I have or are we visiting? Here is Arctic or desert. Because I'm thinking, like, which one can I, I survive in the like Grand Canyon, longest? you know, there's, a, you know, there's a, at least a QT somewhere close by, probably. <laughs> Because I'm like, I could dig a hole in the snow and, like, live a little bit longer in the Arctic than if like I'm just, like, igloo? laying out. Yeah, I could, like, build something like that. If I'm just in the desert, I'm, if I <laughs> die of okay. lack of water. Moving on. Um, movies or music? <laughs> we may not ever get an answer <laughs> on any of them. Lol. Movie or music? Oh, wow. That's hard. What's the category? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the, okay, this is what I say. Because we do, we say, like, 
we put things together sometimes, and like it's the best of each of those things. The best movie and the best yeah, music. Yeah, I, I was kidding. I mean, obviously the answer is music. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> music hits the feels yeah, better. I have an obsession with music. Yeah, I just make mix CDs all the time. I'm intrigued on this answer. Tea or soda? Sweet or unsweet? The best. It's unsweet soda. <laughs> unsweet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sweet tea, obviously. Sweet tea's the best. I mean, I feel like Dr. Pepper runs through my veins. But if it was, like, the only beverage I could ever drink, I feel like I still have to pick Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper makes Sweet me sick tea. when I drink it, but I like it, so I still drink it. Sweet tea over here. I feel like Dr. Pepper. Bare feet or shoes? <laughs> I like that you look me directly in the eyeball. I yeah, there's something going on there. No, my Shoes all day here. Oh, barefoot 100% of the time. If I could go barefoot everywhere all the time, I would. But you also the say... The government forces me to wear shoes. You also say, I keep my shoes on, so I'm ready to go. That's also true. I also am like a doomsday prepper. But that's why <laughs> I, I used to go jogging in our neighborhood barefoot so that my feet would be more prepared to run barefoot if anything ever happened when I didn't have good shoes on. Mm. My feet what? are like a thick callus. I walk barefoot out on the road. She's prepared for all that. All the time. She's prepared <laughs> for the desert. Yes. Um, buttons or snaps? They're both on really, what? They're both really annoying. Have you ever sewn? It's just a fashion question because she's a fashionist. Buttons onto something? I'm wearing a I mean, jacket with buttons I sewed on, and they're so uneven. Buttons <laughs> are really hard to get even all the way down. I'm going to have to go with buttons because, I mean, I don't know. Snaps are easier to put in, but they're more annoying to replace. And I feel like people like to just rip snaps open with reckless abandon yes. for how they're put in the fabric. And then you find thrifted clothes and the snaps are all like ripped out of them. And if so. you try to make snaps look good, it just makes them look terrible. Just saying. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not fashion. You know what? Move on. <laughs> Sorry. He's definitely not thinking about fashion. He's never... He wouldn't know what fashion was if it hit him in the face. I'm, oh, wow. <laughs> He's wearing a polo. I like polos. I checkered, checkered or striped? On what? I feel like stripes have more options. Like, you can go horizontal, you can go vertical, you can go thin or thin, thick. I almost said thin or thin. Like, if it's on a <laughs> chessboard, I'd go with checkered. It's a tough call. I feel like stripes are just more versatile. Okay, this was a Vertical three. or horizontal? That's this why I'm saying they're versatile. They can go either way. Okay. So stripes. Technically, if you take stripes and put them both ways, you can create checkered. So definitely stripes. <laughs> I'm going to cheat the system. <laughs> okay, this was I'm a, just gonna a say three option stripes. one. Hold up. What is that? This, that, or those? Yep. There's three options? Yep. Dress, pants, or skirts? <laughs> Jeff, you can answer this first. I'm gonna go with pants. You never put on, have you ever worn a dress or a skirt or like a kilt? You're more like a men's kilt? Nope. You should try it sometime. You can still wear like shorts under it. I'm not saying you have nope. to go free, but. No. Nope. They're, they're, they're enjoyable depending. No. Nope. I feel like there are times in my life when I'm like, all oh, dresses, I buy only long prairie skirts from the thrift store and I only wear skirts for like six months straight. And then there's times when I'm like, I never want to wear another dress again <laughs> in my life. I want only pants for the rest of my life. So I think it just depends on where I'm at in my fashion journey of the time, whether I'm dressing like a 50s housewife or like a kid at a My Chemical Romance concert. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. 
Um, this one, since you're being asked questions, do you prefer asking questions or answering questions? Oh, that's hard because I do really like to talk, but I also am really nosy. Yeah. And I'm really obsessed with information, like other people's information. Like, <laughs> not because I'm nefarious or anything, but just because. Right. We had this conversation the other day. I just like information. Not a, not a gossip to go spreading rumors. Yeah. But just for my own sake. Just I'm curiosity. Just like to know information. Um, I feel like. I feel like I enjoy asking other people questions more. I just run into the problem of always being asked questions because I'm just so darn interesting. <laughs> and people are just obsessed with me and they just want to keep talking to me, oh, like Jeff gosh. in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. What, what do you want me wait, to answer? Jeff didn't answer. Oh, okay. Oh, I would much prefer to ask the questions. I know you would, yeah. <laughs> That's why you started this show, it's because you're not going to answer the questions. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be a guest. Oh, okay. Actually, I lied. Two more. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Yeah, 100%. Owl. Just, I, I don't need any clarification on that one. I'd rather stay up till four in the morning doing something than wake up early to do it. I think I'm both. I stay up late and get up early. I just don't sleep at all. Very little. <laughs> but also my, uh, my reasoning behind that is because as a doomsday prepper, if you stay if you stay up all night working on something, then you have more time to finish the thing you're working on. Then you have if you wake up early, you have to guess how long you need. Like, oh, I need to finish this project before I go to school. Do I wake up at five and give myself two hours to work on it, or do I stay up all night and I have unlimited time until seven the next morning? Mm. So it's a logical reason, not just because it's I don't like waking limited, up early. Limited is just a longer okay. limit. Sure. All right, last one: lose your sight or lose your hearing. Ooh. I would be really sad if I lost my hearing, but I think I would have to pick that. I would be sad to not have music, yeah. but I know sign language. I know, that's why I asked you, because I... Yeah, I already know sign language, and the fa the idea of me not being able to, like, sew and do stuff without my eyes, or, like, race my car, that would be really hard. But I, would I still be good at Dance Dance Revolution if I couldn't hear the music? <laughs> I'd I think to, you would still have a beat. I'd have to have some like good bass yeah. going so I could feel the beat, but I think I would still be able to do it. I had to really throw in there that I'm I think I'd rather lose my hearing. Yeah. That's all I got. That's Especially got. at this old age that <laughs> I'm at right old. now. You're already because one I can in the grave. pretty much, you know, my <laughs> wow. Um, you know, my brain can already even even without being able to hear, just seeing things, my brain can probably still hear what that probably sounds like yeah you know, yeah, so, yeah like versus losing so the experience it like at birth, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, i understand yeah. makes sense all right so i always wrap up our podcast with one final question for our guests and that is uh scripture favorite scripture for you um one that really kind of sticks with your heart it could be a verse or a bible uh chapter or a storyline or or something it's really i know it's hard to nail down a specific bible verse but what's something that continues to touch your heart uh, Psalm 101, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye who are faithful. Mm. Um, for one, joy is my favorite word um, in all of the English language because it was created by God and it's for yeah. Christians to experience. Um, I know that we like to, uh, society likes to use the word joy and I'm like liars. You've mm. never experienced joy unless you're a Christian. That comes straight from the Lord. Um, and also make joyful noise. You know, that's good for people who are really bad at singing, but yeah. really enjoy doing it because, you know, God didn't call us all to be on stage performing. He just wants us to to praise him in whatever way possible. So yeah. That can be singing or um, 
riding a dirt bike. That's a noise. <laughs> it can be whatever whatever you want it to be as long as it's praise. Mm. Good word. Outstanding. Well, Camber, it was great to have you on the show. Was it? Yep. You ready to go home? <laughs> <laughs> sure. If you want to know more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com and click on the gospel message. There you will find scripture references about who Jesus is and the plan of salvation, as well as different resources and references provided by our guests to help you through your walk with Christ. You can also click on the Testament tab where you will find a link to all of our podcasts and see our most recent podcast episodes that have been launched. Also on the Testament tab, you can drop us a line. Let us know what you think, if you have any comments or ideas for us, or point us to someone you think would make a great guest on our show. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Testament podcast. We'll make sure you know when each of our episodes launch and even give you a heads up on what episode is coming up with our Feature Friday posts. And if you see myself or Jess out and about, ask us for a business card. That's right. So we printed business cards with a QR code on them that leads your smartphone to our show. So thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. I don't know where else I was going with that. I look at my piece of paper. Um, oh, yes. How God is in this. I'm just talking about things. <laughs> I get distracted that I'm just talking. I just talk all the time. Um, so anyway, were you going to say something? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I was scratching my ankle oh, okay. with my foot. I thought you breathed in to nope. give me a solution to my problem. Nope. Um, I guess it's also in the next section, though. Every. <laughs> You should, read, you should read this piece of paper. It's, it's going to take a lot of time. Really enjoyable. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um.